Hello, depth heads. Dep uh, uh, deep. Uh, uh. Hello, 40, 40s. Um, okay, well, that's that's going to need some work. Hey, everyone. Uh, Nick here up the top, just because a little bit of exciting news since we recorded this episode, but before it went out, my TV show, Good Grief, has now officially launched in Australia on SBS On Demand. If you are in the mood for a six-part comedy series about two sisters who inherit a funeral home and decide to run it, please check it out. It would mean a lot to me. I'm really proud of it, and I hope you like it, and I think it's funny. And if you like it, I'd love it if you told other people to watch it too. Anyway, a seamless segue. So where should we start this puppy? At the beginning? I think it should... Probably start at the start, historically speaking. I agree. Or do you want to wrap things up? <laughs> Let's wrap it shall up. We, shall we say where to plug, you know, all of our various socials? Thanks for joining us. Um, then sort of just keep it short. Sure. Maybe 15, 20 second podcast? Speed pod. And I'm on and I'm on speed, so <laughs> And I'm sitting in a pod, so this it all works out. <laughs> hey, um I got a question for you. You got a fucking mm. vaccine. Yeah. You got jabs. I got I got vaccinated. I so you might be aware of this that um the the Australian government has um has let's say um dropped the ball with the rollout. But they came out, uh, it's been a series of fumbles, and they came out a couple of weeks ago and said, um, uh, ScoMo in a press conference said that people, and he just dropped it, that people under the age of 60 can speak to their GP about getting a vaccine. And I, um, the next day, I just booked in, and I, uh, <clears throat> I tried to book in with my regular GP, and they were like, no, we don't do that. Here. Yeah, I've heard other people uh, say that, I, that they were still, like, that that sort of had happened um, without any kind of consultation with GPs, um, and yeah. that people have tried to go to their regular GP for it, and they've been like, nah. <laughs> well, that's exactly what happened to me, and they, and not only did they say no, and I, I said, I asked them if I can just talk to them about it, and they were like, yeah, I mean, you can talk to us about it, but like, you can just go. There's a medical center next door. You can just book in with them. They're administering the vaccine. So I said okay, and I just like it was like four clicks on online, and I went bang, bang, bang. Did I? I didn't get asked any, but any eligibility questions. Maybe online I did, but basically it was just super easy to go through, and I went bang, bang, bang. Got booked in, and then um, got the jab. You got so the I'm Zenny. Half vaxxed. I got Zenny A. Yeah. So um, and it was. Oh, right, go on. No, I was gonna say. Well, what was the thought process there for you? So obviously, the AstraZeneca has been not recommended for uh, people under the age of sixty, um, and the advice for them has been to wait for the Pfizer to come down the line. So what, what made you go, you yeah. know what, I'm just going to grab this. Um, it was actually speaking to Eddie Cav, um, 
he had written a, a really great article on um on how the Queensland government had actually fueled vaccine hesitancy when it comes to AstraZeneca. Um, and he he wrote he I just I had a, a an hour and a half conversation with him um on Friday night on, on online on Skype. Didn't rec- it wasn't a podcast, even though it felt very much like one. Um, where he basically explained to me that that um, it's kind of fucked up that Australia has this hesitancy when it comes to AstraZeneca, given that the UK has embraced it with open arms, and and not only that, but the Pacific nations are heavily relying on AstraZeneca. That's basically all they've got, um, and to fuel this hesitancy, which is overly cautious overly cautious it's actually hurting not only is it hurting our rollout and our, and our freedoms or whatever uh it's hurting other it's hurting our our neighbors in the pacific it's also hurting um people in india where the the delta variant is is where the delta variant came from but it's spreading throughout um it's spreading throughout india and again they are heavily relying on um AstraZeneca so he he kind of he kind of gave me the the spiel about the science and and how all this stuff is bullshit and basically on the back of that I was like well I want to this government has has fucked us and um I want to I want to take the high road I know that sounds way more like ambitious than um than it needed to be but that's that was my thinking that there's was a moral thinking. Like, there's I'm a moral gonna... duty in some version of your of what you see that 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 outweighs the potential risks from it exactly i felt i felt a moral obligation to do it so that's why i did it and um it really like i felt i felt really proud about it um but the next day i like not to not to put anyone off it i think everyone should go get it but um, it really, if I had to leave work, it was that bad the next day. It was so bad that you left work. Yeah, the following day, it was really bad. Like I, um, I woke up my, with my whole body aching. Like I, I like had muscle aches in my fingers. Um, it, was, it was wild. So I went to work. <laughs> muscle aches um, in the fingers. Like your, yeah, your fingers I mean, were buzzing. I could feel it. I could feel it in my fingers as well as you know my bigger mes- muscles, which is you know all of my muscles because <laughs> I'm huge. But I had to seven, leave. I had to leave minutes, work. Seven I'm... minutes. We we got there in seven. <laughs> We're getting better. <laughs> um, shout out to my fitness pal who's sponsoring this podcast. And yeah, so I had to leave work uh, because it got that bad. I was I was trying to be. Um, I was trying to be like really upbeat and like waking up and I felt achy as I usually do when I feel shit. I'm like, I'm going to just psych myself out of this um, and pretend everything's okay and fake it till I make it. But then uh, I couldn't fake it uh, for that long. But um, I felt fine. I felt here's the other thing. After that, after I went home, had a big old sleep. I didn't eat the whole day as well. I just didn't have an appetite, couldn't stomach anything. But the very next day, like my bosses were like quite worried about me when I left work. They were like, if you need to take another day, 
like please do it the next day you told them obviously you got the jab yeah yeah i told them i got the job jab (laughs) job (laughs) i got the job um yeah and they said yeah you can take you can take the next day off if you need it was expecting to feel shit again because I went to bed. It got progressively worse until 9 p.m. when I was like, I have to just like fall asleep now. Yeah, I don't um, want to be awake for the this next... anymore. Yeah. The next day, completely fine as if nothing happened. Huh. And th- apparently that's been, the, that's been the case for everyone. So. Yeah. Wow. And uh, so I'm hearing... if you are in Australia right now, as many of our listeners are, would you say to them, go and get it? 100%. 100%. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, right. Well, very cool. I'm happy for you. I'm glad that you've made um, uh, that halfway point, at least, that progress. What's the delay between AstraZeneca? Is it three months? Well, it's meant to be 12 weeks, but now they're pushing for eight eight weeks. I don't know yeah, if you've sure. seen this in the news. They're, they're, um, they're saying, oh, you can get it a little bit sooner, but it's going to affect the it's efficacy. less effective yeah yeah um but yeah i mean look here's here's my other rationale apart from the um you know moralistic i'm such a great guy uh reasons which it's a lot of people also like saying. sure um if i'm also expecting that they're they're saying to us that people under 40 are going to get their they're going to have Pfizer jabs available by September. That may or may not happen, who knows. I'm inclined to not um think that that's going to happen. Um but even if that's the case, people getting vaccinated in September or October, that's still going to be December by the time they get their second jab. So at this rate I'm getting my second jab in September. So isn't, I'm going to be isn't, fully vaccinated isn't Pfizer by a faster turnaround between jabs, though? Um, I don't know about isn't that. It, isn't Pfizer only like three weeks? Two or three weeks? Is um, it? Second dose should be scheduled between three to six weeks after your first dose. Oh, no shit. So it is, it's a smaller interval for the Pfizer. Oh, well, there you go. Even so. Either way... I got I got swept up in the hype, Nick, and uh, I just wanted to get it. I was so excited. I was giddy when I walked into the doctor's office. You're like, ScoMo I was... said I could do this. Yes. And yeah. you sort of did, like, do you it... jumped in midair and clicked your heels together. <laughs> well, it, it was funny because they, um, they, in the office that I, in the practice that I went to, they were obviously churning these out. And it was, it's so weird seeing, like, Seeing the vials in the news, you know what I mean? Like the actual vials of the yeah, AstraZeneca like the actual, vaccine. The and then I go into the into the doctor's office and then he calls me in and I'm just I see this fridge full of AstraZeneca and vial vaccine and it's kinda of like seeing a celebrity. You know? <laughs> it's like seeing guy. George motherfucking Clooney. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, you're the you're you've been you're famous. You're a You were in Clooney's you're arms. Famous. <laughs> uh, has Clooney been vaxxed? I've, oh, I'm sure he has. You're telling me they didn't vax Clooney the second they could. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was it was cool to see. I don't know. I I did get swept up in the hype of it all, 
But um, the the injection itself was completely painless. Like I literally didn't even feel it. I asked the doctor to take a photo. You know what I said? I said I felt I wanted to take a photo so that I could um, post it on social media and um, you know encourage people to get it. Yeah, um, and I felt insecure about saying that, um, so I said to him. Uh, I've been hey, working out at the gym and my arms are looking really good in this light. <laughs> I I did go to the gym and did arm day specifically the day before. <laughs> Not even lying. I Wait, want them to be sore my, before they get even... really sore. <laughs> you didn't and then I didn't go for a week because I yeah. had too much. Um yeah. you didn't hear my you didn't hear my punchline there, which was okay, the truth so also. Okay. That um that I told him because I was insecure about telling him that um, I wanted to post it on social media that I told him my family were anti-vaxxers and that I wanted to <laughs> I wanted to persuade them, and he went, yeah, all right, <laughs> yeah. So this um, this he, was a different GP than you'd ever been to. Were they like? Yeah, never seen him before. Were they busier because they were doing vaxxers when others weren't? Like, did you get a vibe that everyone was ready and and like queuing up and there for it? Uh, I, there was no sense of que- queuing up, but I did ask him how many people he, how many um, vaccinations he was doing per day, and he said sixty. And I said wow. how many of those are over forty, and he said about fifty percent. Right. Which is which I feel really proud of. Here's the thing: millennials get such a bad rap in terms of being entitled, and I really feel like this current pandemic and the way people have gone about it or the def- different um generations or demographics have gone about it is that maybe millennials are entitled in in a in a certain sense but i really feel like it's sh- it, it, the last few months has shown how entitled boomers are really because because of their their um their hesitancy to actually go go and get jabbed even when they when even when they're eligible and i'm seeing millennials i'm seeing all of my friends and stuff they're so keen to get vaccinated they want to go out and do stuff again so i actually feel really proud to be a millennial these last few months well and i mean i i don't disagree with you um but there's also a possibility or a probability that some of those millennials are not in the um, just like randomly healthy category. Like some of those are probably immunocompromised or, you know, have pre-existing conditions like asthmatic, you know, or diabetes or whatever the things that get you over the line are. So I'm not um, disagreeing with that sentiment at all. Um, but there, there is probably some of those who are medically entitled to it beyond merely that sort of moral... I need to go out and, and do this for um, the sake of the, the society. Um, yeah, de- definitely. But I also think um, millennial, the thing is with young, young people have been hit quite hard with this. I mean, they, one thing I was trying to like at the start of the pandemic, when, when we're starting to talk about vaccines globally and the, it was immediate, it was immediately clear that we would vaccinate the vulnerable and the elderly, which is, you know, makes sense through a certain lens. But also through another lens, you could argue that young people are the ones moving around 
the most. Yeah, so they're the ones. You could who's... almost argue that they they should be vaccinated first, given how much <laughs> they move around. Well, I think that's that's a bit of a stretch. But you are right that in terms of, on average, the amount of like social connections or mobility or um, uh, like physical work out and and in society that that does skew younger um mm. you know a lot of boomers these days will be in um desk job kind of things where they might have previously been you know door to door or on construction sites and that kind of stuff right just as you age out of that that bracket yeah sure i i think i think i do i do feel a sense amongst other young people and i'm including myself in the young people category still so fuck you <laughs> anyone who's thinking otherwise um that yeah you, young people do want to open up the borders so that they they can travel i mean these are these are the prime years of our youth and we are um locked down we are i mean we're obviously locked down everyone's locked down but we these are precious years the options have disappeared yeah yeah and they're they're sincerely going to be um generations a bit much but there'll be a an era of kids who came up right at the end of that on that cusp of adulthood for whom they were just about to go into exams or they had their final year at school and it all got fucked or they were going to go for their first year of uni and move into state and that got thrown up and, you know, the yeah, air. Or they, they're now a year and a half into a degree that was meant to be their, like, wild time or they're going to go on an exchange and, and it's all just gone. And I think you're right yeah. that there are people for that will never come back for. Yeah. And look, everyone, everyone is in the same boat. Um, and... Uh, and on the other on the other side of the spectrum, it, people at the end of their lives that are like they know that they're at the end of their lives and they have to spend it like this. Like some people are just dying of old age, locked down. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. Welcome to Deep Forward, everybody. This is an exciting Woo! podcast which <laughs> the, tackles the big issues of the world with my friend Michael sitting through the internet. And uh, he has something he'd like to tell you. I don't know if he heard me say that, but anyway, my name is Nick. Hi, hi Nick. Hi, hi, hi Nick. Hi. Oh gosh, are we having lag issues again? What's going on? Uh, I think we just did slightly, and then I came in when you said he's got something he'd like to tell you, and I was like, what? Okay, okay. Well, we'll see how we go. Um. A lot of positivity and sympathy, I think, for our podcast struggles last week. Um, so I appreciated the outpouring of um, support and our technological frustrations. Um, that was very kind of everyone. Who, 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 who offered sympathy? Oh, one do you want name. to know? Do you want? Yeah, I can tell you the names. Give me a name. Yeah, I can. Just the yeah, first I'll give name. You, uh, how many names do you want? Give me one name that was I'll give offered you, some I'll give sympathy. you plenty of names. I got I got names coming out of my ass. All right, I believe you. After that, you don't need to give me any names. <laughs> uh, All right, so lots on the agenda. <laughs> Always fun to describe what you're about to talk about on a podcast as an agenda. So I've pulled up the spreadsheet. And this is what is in cell B4. Uh, B4. Talk now we, congenially. Okay. 
we did get, we did get some good <laughs> we did get some good feedback from the last episode. I thought people liked that one. Yeah, a lot of um, a lot of Bitly Bull love out there actually. Uh, massive Bitly Bull love, and you bought the domain, didn't you? Yes, so I have. Uh, I've bought the domain. Uh, you got to get in early with this kind of uh, IP kind of thing. It's nice to plant a flag in the um, in the sand. I don't know where where you plant flags. Plant a flag on the moon. <laughs> okay. Uh, if you go to bitlyball.com, you will find nothing currently. It'll redirect you to the uh, deepfort.podbean website. But it is there should, you know, future opportunities arise. Maybe we, we code an online version which automatically checks bitly for you. And you just, all you have to do is just type in a phrase and then it like does the thingy. We should invest at least a couple think- hundred dollars in. There's a lot of we's going on in here, and the only we I want to be part of um, is um, if this starts to make money. Um, in which <laughs> I case, I will take you to court if I am not. But I, in terms of in terms of in terms of this coding, uh, no, I mean, uh, but like it could you, be an app. Someone else, yeah. Well, yeah, like we we can. I we want can my face on it. <laughs> okay so but yeah B- it's very Bitly much Ball's a we thing big... right <laughs> uh, it's, it's not we but i do want my face on it <laughs> it's one of the the good parts but yeah no bitly ball massive hit uh not only just on this podcast but um with with my friends yep you know in real life off. you're watching we actually attempted play to play it drunk we attempted to play it drunk the other night. I'm oh not even shit! Kidding. Not even, not even my idea. Wow! Not even my idea. Who initiated such a thing? Uh, I think it was Dan. Oh, not not the Dan that you know. I can't. I can't. I can't actually remember. I don't even think it was him. It was another person. So it's taken off like wildfire, dude. Ugh! It's very very reassuring and exciting. Um, yeah. Okay, since we're doing follow-up from previous episodes, I think there's a few things that we need to touch on um, on the journey, yep. on the agenda. Um, item number one, uh, sponsor the read from last week. Um, Sean yeah. Lewis did uh, mm. give us our first legitimate... Well, actually, that's not true because we had a previous um, sponsor purchase. We had a $5 ad sale um, where fucking raking it in now most money we've ever earned on haven't this seen any of that a single yet, hit by the way oh i got it haven't yeah seen no, I, I got it yeah um oh did you want it because i, I mean i yeah. sent you your 50 cents the other week yeah but so. i see it's, it's weird because i have this voice ringing in my head and it's like it's not we it's not we it's not we um and it just ah, something about that just sounds very familiar but sure if you want to if you want to be part of it i can um, i can sort out that money um, it's my money here, here's here's perhaps why it has been withheld uh do you recall when you received that email from sean uh advertising his webcomic the last magi the last magi.com uh were there any sort of words in the email yeah okay so here's what happened um i massively skim read that email um <laughs> As I as as I usually do, I am I am a serial skim reader. Um, 
I just realized that sk- cereal and skim, well, skim milk. Never mind. Uh, I, I, my brain just because I because I have undiagnosed IDD, self-diagnosed IDD. What did uh, you just say? IDD. IDD. It's intelligent down. No. <laughs> no. Doesn't um, work out. ADD. I've got an undiagnosed IUD. I've got, I've got undiagnosed ED. Um, <laughs> no, that has been diagnosed. <laughs> but only by my sexual partners. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I tend to skim emails and just look for um, just like... Words that you like. ...things. And I think in that email, Sean gave a bit more detail than I was actually um, willing to absorb. And I just saw add deep fort five dollars <laughs> mad last 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 magi and I was like, don't even worry about the rest. Yeah. So yes, I get the gist. Sean asked me to by the way, that's a this this has become a big problem at work. Um I won't get into that. But um yeah, I need to start it reading emails. But yes, Sean asked me to um He had he said as well there as, are there is explicit prerequisites the the only thing that yeah. he that you had to do in order to satisfy sean's um criteria and get paid yep and one of them was to read the comic um <laughs> that uh that i yeah which i read the ad for uh brilliantly by the way apart from pronouncing the name incorrectly um, <laughs> um but i have since read it and Loved it, dude. It is a masterpiece as far as I'm concerned. Oof. Big praise. Yeah. But over, overcompensating here, but <laughs> yeah. No, it is you no, sincerely... but it, it is seriously brilliant. It's it's like it's um I mean I I'm not a comic book reader, but if I saw this in the I don't know where you get comic books, a shop, uh, uh, um... it tends to be like a barn or like a silo. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, you have to walk out into sort of the distant fields. Rural. And, yeah, it's very rural. People don't tell you that. Like, you want to go buy a new Batman, but you have to put on, like, waders. It's a very, it's disconcerting. You understand why it's a, I guess it a, makes sense. a bit niche. There's, like, less, there's less to do out there. You know, you want to read. Yeah, I get it. Totally. Um, but no. Yeah, yeah. I, I jumped online to the Metla. I say last Magi. I don't know. I've, uh-huh. I've come up with my yeah, yeah. pronunciation. You, sort of it's kind of French. It, yeah. It's kind of French, but um, no, it is brilliant. I know nothing about comic books, but it's visually. By the way, this is like this is a free ad now because I'm, you know, this is my comeuppance, and also this well, is it, real. it's not because he did pay us. You just didn't fulfill. Okay, the... fine. This is okay. So, so this is me just repairing my initial fulfilling the whatever. terms of the contract. Um, yes. All right. Sure. Technical. <laughs> um, no, it is it is brilliant. It's funny, visually appealing. Um, I mean, that's all I'm looking for in a comic book, to be honest. But, uh, I love that. after after you've done all of the hard work, getting out, like wading through um, the corn and and fighting off the guard dogs to get to your comics mm. dispensary. The last thing you want to do is read lots of words. You know, have to battle through mountains of text and lore, and that's just like no, just give me clean, crisp art, strong colors, characterization. That's all we need. Strong colors, yeah. A lot of purple, a lot of purple, and 
Purples, purples, uh, purples are visually appealing color to me. When it, if you if you give me a bag of lollies, um, which pedophiles often did when I was young, <laughs> I would go straight for the purple, red, and blue, the strong colors. Yeah, the man colors. Yeah, are they manly? Purple's kind of associated with uh, feminine. I think but purple also is, is the gay color. Well, uh, what about um? What about the the Punisher, or what's oh the Phantom? The Phantom. The Phantom. Yeah. Well, maybe yeah. there's latent um undertones there that we missed, um, growing there up. There we go. But but seriously, the last Magi dot com. Um, great comic. Um, funny stuff. Go check it out. Yeah. Now, now you're looking pretty happy with yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you had the confidence. I feel very of uncomfortable. A, the confidence of someone. I feel like someone. everyone. I feel embarrassed because everyone. I feel like everyone knows that I, I don't know what I'm talking about, and uh, this is just bullshit coming out of my mouth. But I, I did seriously enjoy it, and I didn't. I didn't read it because I felt bad. I read it because I wanted to. Yeah, and because of the contract. And I was bored, and I was in the country. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, nicely done. Uh, item number two. This is actually a couple of weeks old. Um, this is yeah. also email follow up. We three episodes now, I think, talked about whether uh, transgender was a thing in caveman times, and we had a very yeah. um, uh, well thought out and informative email come through that we have sadly overlooked for a couple of weeks, and and I think it is time to write that wrong. Michael, do you have it in front of you? Yeah, I do. Do you want me to? I'll just read it out. Um, so, is this technically a mailbag, or do you want to? Yeah, just well, yeah, we'll call, yeah, sure. Cash mailbag. Cash bag, cash bag. It's the casual mailbag. Default's cash, cash bag. bag. I love that. All right, this is from um, this is from uh, Ben Q. Ben Ben Quaid. Who gives a shit? No one cares. No one listens to this. All right. Um, so Ben wrote in. So yeah, did you already do the um, the context there? Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I think three episodes ago we were talking about whether the sense of uh, gender identity and sexual identity has always been with us, or whether it's socially developed. And we were talking about cavemen and how um, or cave people may not uh, have had the words <laughs> to express a sense of dysphoria, um, but may still have um, felt it. To which Ben well, that then is, replied, "Yeah, well, well, well put, but I think I, I think I crudely just said or blurted out, hey, if there if there are trans people now, there's gonna be trans people in caveman times.' Um, to which Ben has written back, and this is his email. Who reads these emails? I don't know. Probably Nick, right? Hey, Nick and Michael." Just wanted to comment on Michael saying that it would have been hard for trans cavemen in episode 160. There you go. There you go. I don't think it really would have been much of an issue before the modern era, and especially in the pre-civilization era. Being transgender is an issue nowadays because society has organized itself in such a strict binary structure based on bureaucracy. Basically, your gender only matters because the system forces you to tick a box saying what gender you are. Back before the word was run by bureaucracy, before modernity, it didn't actually functionally matter what gender you were. There were and always have been gender roles, of course, but an individual identity as we know it hadn't formed yet, weirdly. 
Like, if you were a trans peasant in a mod- in a pre-modern era like the Middle Ages and you felt comfortable in men's clothing and doing whatever peasant men did, plowing, I don't know, then you then that wouldn't really have been a big issue. Your fellow villagers might have said something, but the king wasn't passing any anti-trans laws. The authorities just didn't give a shit. That's a modern concern of modern bureaucratic societies that make you tick a box. The only institution that which may have been concerned would have been the church, but fuck them. And also, cavemen didn't have churches. Well, didn't they? Yeah. Basically, I just wanted to mention that a lot of our social issues that we think of as age-old issues, gender, sexuality, race, etc., are often creations of the last 400 years or so and are issues of the society we have to live in and not issues inherent to ourselves. And I think if a caveman was born a cave woman and wanted to go hunt a mammoth with the cave boys, <laughs> then I don't think there would have been any oppressive cave bureaucracy there to stop them. Signed, Citizen Q. I think he's emailed him before and <laughs> did off Citizen Q, which I think is funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, what a what a great email and what a very thoughtful good response to a stupid um, comment. Yeah. Oh, and and Ben's Ben loves his history, so like I um, I always like hearing about uh, actual intelligent people talking about things from the past because I have very little historical knowledge. <laughs> so thank you, Ben, for um, so, adding to as uh, you said, Michael, a fairly flippant um, digression. So can you sum up what he's saying there? Because I was too busy reading. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now I do want to know what this um this work question about reading emails is all about. Um, the uh, so his his takeaway was uh, the the takeaway from what he was saying was um, that the idea of gender needing to be one or the other was a fairly modern invention and one that came about because the authorities started to concern themselves with and meddle in the lives of uh, their subjects as uh, monarchies and autocrats and that sort of thing started to fade out of um, favor and uh, government run um, sort of democracies started to take a bit more control then you needed to categorize people and monitor a bit more closely whereas a king just used to not give a shit about what its subjects were doing and so there was not very much interest in controlling what the people did or looked like or that sort of thing. So his point is that it's institutions who instilled um, those restrictions on what could be um, what normal was or what people could act like. And that if you go back to cavemen times before there was any sort of functioning governance really or... Um, or systems or bureaucrats, then people were just people with very little language, probably. And uh, it, that kind of question of who am I and what what category do I fit into is not one that would arise in the in the minds of those people. You just did what you wanted. So he he's saying that like there were gender there were gender roles. I mean, obviously, there's a um, physical difference between men and women, especially when you're going back as far as. Uh, cavemen times you're going to have different in your community or in your tribe you're going to have different genders serving different roles based on their strength and ability 
But if you have maybe a really strong woman um, who, you know, regardless of whether she identifies as a man or whatever, if you have a really strong woman or a really... Um, you know, I don't know. Caring, going to get me into trouble. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, then it's going to be more of a seamless um transition there in terms of switching and switching your your quote unquote Roles. role in society. Yeah. Does I, that really? Does I, that make? I think that's what do he's. You reckon that would have happened? I don't know. I think that's what he's suggesting. Um, but I think the other thing mm. is that. Uh without the limitations of categorization, if a um, biologically um, uh, female caveman was interested in or wanted to do male tasks, there was potentially nothing preventing that person from then going and getting strong or going and learning how to um, fight or you know, pursue those things because the categorization wasn't enforced by anything other than social right dynamics. Yeah, that makes sense to me, actually. Although I do feel like, I mean, yeah, maybe it is extrapolated a little bit now because you do see things like, I mean, I've brought this up before, but like, if you see like a, like the, a flamboyant gay man, like, that's another thing. Do you th- do you think that's a product of modern society, as Ben says, or do you think, you know, back in those times, they they were men who did um, act, you know, more effeminate? Are we talking cavemen? Or are we talking like middle ages? Yeah, I, yeah, I'm talking cavemen as well. Yeah, <clears throat> I think probably think- because some some aspect of the diversity is is genetic and hormonal, right? Like there are there are factors and variants in the breeding you know in 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 the diversity of the human species where some i think would be intersex you would you would definitely have had intersex cavemen right so there are people there which have variances genetically and some of those might manifest in um you know the more feminine traits um classically defined feminine traits um versus the the more aggressive style like you if you could have aggressive women like just cis women as cavemen because they have you know that's aggressive trait or the um strength traits or whatever then i don't see why you couldn't also have just a cis man um who has the more feminine traits Hmm. yeah yeah and of so course, it's, that, it's so that interesting that sort of um, behavioral thing has waxed and waned in um, more recent history as well. Like if you look back at eighteen um, hundreds sort of or you know Renaissance era men, you know there were like the the foppish like wigs and makeup and little mirrors and you know the aristocratic. Um, flavor of of those times was very camp you know <laughs> like that like mm. in in a historical context um, you look back at it and you think oh that's that's very much sort of a parallel to that flamboyant behavior that we have today even if the sexual um uh, in, in, in connotations of it all are quite different 
Well, it, it's so like interesting and scary to think how, so you like, we like to think that our, what we find attractive in, in other people or what we, what we like in life um, are just inherent to us. But it's kind of interesting to actually peel that back and think that, you know, when, when um, you know, a couple of hundred years ago, people who were fatter were more, were considered more attractive because it signaled wealth and health. Yeah. Um, and having access and to food. Now we've just moved forward a couple of hundred years and now now that we can have everything at our fingertips and we can we can literally eat anything that we want um now the control of that and what we put into our bodies is did you swallow a yawn i just saw that you swallowed a yawn i did just swallow a yawn yes i saw it i saw it dude i swallow i saw you swallow that one but it was very polite (laughs) it wasn't it was you know that what yawns are that yawns are your body trying to get oxygen into your brain so that you can keep paying attention. So it was actually a demonstration of me actively engaging with what you're saying. I know. I, I always say that I never get upset when people yawn at uh, what I'm saying, which often happens, but they it, because it signals that you want to actually pay attention. Yeah, well, I'm glad we're on the same page, but do get through this. It was dragging a little bit. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, what I was, my point was that we like to think that our what we find attractive in other people is inherent to us, but it's actually so culturally contextual. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you think even in the most literal sense, what bodies they put on the front of magazines, what um, in every Hollywood celebrity's fitness regime is, you know, they are so explicitly telling people this is what you should look like. <laughs> it's... It's surprising that we don't see more readily how influenced we all are as to what beauty is or what desirable is. But it but it makes sense. It makes sense though, because if you see like a model who has, you know, chiseled pecs and abs, and you know, arms, or whatever, that signifies that they can hunt. Even if even if the the guy on the cover, you know, that he could never hunt a, a you know a day in his life. Yeah. It's you just think like, that there's it's still like a, a biological signal. brain. Yeah. The primal thing. Yeah. You, you're, yeah. you're totally right. It's interesting. It's weird. It, it makes me think, it, it scares me a little bit because it makes me think like, you know, we like to think that we're so in control and we're, the, we're our own beings and we have our own consciousness and we're just, you know, I'm just me, man. But like we are A, the product of millions of years of evolution and at the end of the day still have this primal side of our brain and B, the product of whatever culture we happen to be, you know, coincidentally born in. Yeah. And it's not even an era. It's like a geography because the desirability of America to New Zealand, to Brazil, to Lithuania, like they're all going to have cultural differences, um, even in the similar, like, or exact same time, you know? Yeah. Crazy stuff. Yeah. Thank you, uh, Ben, for your follow-up email. I look forward to the one sent in response to this uh, podcast in the things that we just said now, which were no doubt full of other historical inaccuracies. And please, anyone else, 
email us in at deepfoot at gmail.com with literally anything and we will read it because nothing really comes in apart from paper. <sighs> okay, no, yeah. I, I, I want you to swallow that yawn in future. You're right. I was wrong to, to call you out. <laughs> swallow it. You didn't like it? Didn't like how that felt? Okay. Uh, total tangent, um, but somewhat exciting on my end. Uh, thank you for asking how I've been. Um, definitely didn't notice. How have you been? Didn't. Didn't. Um, but uh, I am moving in with uh, my boyfriend, with KC, uh, in a couple of weeks' time, <laughs> which is yeah. exciting. Um, but there's... Scary. It's been an interesting uh, couple of weeks as we got... You know, paid the bond, got the confirmation of the um, house we're going to and all that sort of thing. And now looking into the future, the, the not very distant future at all, to a life in which we're now cohabiting in a space. And I just sort of wanted to like mm. touch, touch, touch my fingers against your brain and squeeze out some nuggets. Um, and, and just right. as someone, I love it. As someone who had lived with partners before, uh, mm. how did you approach it? Do you have any learnings? Like I've been thinking about things like money. How, how do you split the bills and things? Are you, are you, uh, mm. I'll pay this one. You grab that one. Or do you like keep it in a tablet? Do you have a, a shared bank account? Give me, give me specifics here. I love it, Nick. First of all, congratulations to both. Thank you. Of you. Uh, my first people piece of advice is, um, don't do it. Um, that's a joke no it's a it's a big step um i am i am like kind of a commitment phobe which is weird that i've ended up in that position twice um what advice can i give okay so it is okay so for my first isn't this is not advice this is just a fact this the interesting thing about moving in and taking the plunge to move in with someone is that you can't go back from that which has always scared me. There's no moving in with someone and then saying, hey, can we live apart again? Um, I know that's not advice, but that's, uh, yeah, that's just, that's just uh, something yep. to keep in mind. Um, look, advice. I tend to, uh, so at, right now you've got this um, setup where you're kind of visiting each other's houses and you have the option of of spending time in your own space. And the thing I think I've said to you before is that you go from one massive perk of moving out of a housemate situation and in with your partner is that at the moment you, you've got your privacy in your room there. Yeah. And then you've got the common areas with people that you live with and probably like, um, but it's not necessarily private space. One of the cool things about moving out with someone is that you get to have the whole space as your private space, but then share the privacy with that other person. Yeah. So that's really cool. My first piece of advice, I guess, would be to, um, which is something that I think will come naturally to you, is that you want to actively carve out your own space. And I don't mean physically in the house. I mean, like... You you want to find designated time to be by yourselves and and maybe you need to maybe you need to have that discussion with the other person yeah um where you are actively you know saying I because you had you wouldn't have had to 
do that before. You wouldn't have had to say, "Hey, I need my own space here," because you haven't lived in the in the same space. So yeah, maybe you need to have a conversation about. But that that's something that will come naturally. I'm sure, yeah. Um, um, I I don't know. I don't know if I've got any advice for you. I've I've never really like, I've never really. I've always just kind of gone along with with things. Um, so in, in both account, situations, yeah. were they initiated by your partner? Do you remember? No, they weren't. I don't think it was a mutual thing, but they were on the. I think in the first instance with L, I wanted to not live with my parents, and then the second. Yeah, I probably shouldn't get going to the second one, <laughs> but um, I wanted to get out of my my situation that I was in. So, um, they were like, yeah, I guess they were reactive to some degree, but positive. Yeah. No, I'm looking forward to it for those reasons, which is, you know, you don't have to do the, okay, well, I'll, I look forward to seeing you in three days or, you know, we'll catch up on the weekend kind of thing where it's like a, you get the moments and then you're apart again. So that that's going to be quite yeah. nice. But obviously the literal consequence of that is you no longer have the time when you're not there. <laughs> so that, that will be uh, an interesting uh, adjustment and a negotiation as you work out what space people need and what private time um, outside of the sphere of the relationship is, is, you know, uh, essential to it functioning. Um, but I, obviously that's workable. Um, uh, yeah. You, it's, it's like one thing that's kind of always scared me is that, that um, the r- relationship will like you, you, you kind of, with all the perks that you're getting, you're actually removing a little bit of the, the zhuzh. Yeah. <laughs> not to, not to rain on your parade here, and I'm not doing that. And I know you don't think I'm doing that, but you, you are taking a little bit. You're peeling behind the curtain, and as before, you've had you know glimpses, or you might stay at their house, maybe one, maybe you know, even if you stay there a week, living with the person. As I'm sure anyone who's like lived with a friend will know, you will see everything from the best to the worst of them um and i guess yeah you have to um you have to really be in a position where you are willing to accept them for who you, they are yeah there you get the full holy the full picture then don't you um and they're gonna piss you off they're gonna piss you up because they're gonna be your housemate yeah. and housemates piss each other off yeah yeah and well do you do you try and keep the special in other ways? Like, do you are you a date night person? Do you like go off and do activities which are different to to make it feel special in that way? Yeah, I I think um, yeah, I I think that's important. I it's just weird someone coming to me for relationship advice because um because it's only ever been the other way around. <laughs> but um, yeah, I guess it's like. I guess you do need to make you do need to, you, you'll just do that that shit naturally though yeah. I think like you will make those special you'll want to have those special nights I guess the key thing is to not let it go so far go, or go along so so far without you guys having those like romantic evenings that that the that the romance just gets completely sucked out um and then you're kind of in a position where you just like you don't even want to yeah go out no I, I, 
But I think you guys, you guys will, you guys will do it. And how long have you, have you been dating? Eighteen months. I think that's a good. That's a good amount of. That's a good amount of time to move in with someone. Yeah, I think that's long enough. Like, to what know. are you? What are your? What are your? What are you? Um, what are you scared of? And what are you? Um, what are you excited about? With it. Well, I, I think the excitement is what I what I said already, which is just you you don't have to have those little glimpses where it's like the, oh I just I'll see you for three hours on Wednesday night and then it's back to oh we're messaging 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 and say oh and then I get to see you for six hours on Saturday and like a little bit more of that get to be there when he gets home from work uh, you know get to wake up in bed every day with next next to him you know like that sort of stuff is is appealing yeah. to me um and then i think the fear of it is exactly what you already sort of said which is the okay but now what is it like to live with <laughs> someone <laughs> that much um and just making sure that despite the inevitable <laughs> spats and arguments and oh fuck i just need to you know just give me some space um you can uh, get through that and 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 make it work um it's gonna be cool like you'll 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 do more of you'll be able to um yeah you you mentioned sharing you mentioned sharing a bank account i don't i mean um i share a bank account currently but that's for a visa situation so um i don't know if beam exists um in new zealand no but it's like a it's a money it doesn't no it's like a money you've probably got an equivalent over there um I'd highly recommend getting one of those money um, sending apps yeah. that uh, maybe Splitwise or something that you can have your groceries in there. But that's a that's a fun thing. I always love grocery shopping with someone that I'm living with, uh, where you're going out and or they'll yeah. And that that's another cool thing about living with someone. They'll go out and you know get a whole bunch of groceries for you one day, and you'll just get to use them. And then you'll have to do the same, which sucks. But yeah, I, I like I look forward to that side of it as well, like not having to cook every single meal I ever make. Like that'll be a nice yeah. thing. It, it was fun this week as well because we were getting the chance to start, and as you say, going from a share flat situation where it's like the communal space is communal, it's not yours. Getting to go out and buy some furniture and buy a couch and like be like, what do we want it to look like? What do we want to sit on? What what do we need in terms of uh, you know, table set up, like these kind of decisions, which are small in some ways, but also kind of meaningful because it makes it feel like your place. Um, that's, that's been quite fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think, I think it'll be, I'm really excited for you. Yeah. Thank you. I'm, and I'm excited too. It'll be a, a busy weekend of running around and shifting all our shit from a couple of places, but, um, so when are you moving? Not this weekend, but the following, the twenty fourth. No shit, and it's um. It, you said it's on the other side of Christchurch, but still close. Yeah, it's about fifteen minutes from where I live currently, but I'm on the west, um, and I am closer to Central City on the east now. So I'm um, just just on the outer skirts of the Central City. Right, and um, are you assisting your current housemates with their search for the next one? No. No, not my problem now. <laughs> the The way that it works here is there's not been a lease. It's been like a lodger situation. So I've only ever paid for my room, not we as a flat of four have split, you know, a 750 a week bill or something like that, right? So oh, I only yeah. ever paid my room separately. 
Um, and that included all expenses as well, like all bills. So they will just need to advertise that room and find someone to come in and, and pay for it. But because that bill isn't being divvied up on them in the meantime, um, I don't feel any particular guilt about leaving it to them because they're not having to then pay my rent as well as their rent. Yeah, cool. And so are you having to buy heaps of furniture? No, it's 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 semi-furnished over there. So and And we have some stuff already. So like I've already got a desk. Casey's got a bed. So we just basically had to buy a new couch. There was actually a couch there, but it was just really old and tired. And the landlord said, you can either leave it or I can get rid of it for you. And so we just said, ah, let's just buy a couch. Um, mm. And uh, there's a t- dining table there. So we just need to get some dining chairs. We had to buy a couple of appliances, like a rice cooker and a microwave and that sort of thing. But generally speaking, um, there's not very much um, overhead other than some some furniture. Yeah. Nice, man. Well, uh, congrats. It's uh, exciting, and I uh, can't wait to stay there. Yeah, well, that's the thing. We will have a two-bedroom place, so uh, you're, you're welcome to it. Can you just can you just leave it for when I when I come there and don't use it? <laughs> no, it'll be my office in the meantime. Just be like, this is Michael's room. Yeah. Just float it. Just talk about it. You guys talk sure. about it. So... It's a new segment that I came up with called um, Michael's Miffed. And uh, <laughs> and basically, I just I just list a few things that I, you know, it just pissed me off. Pretty simple. Okay. I and like then, it. you know, cool. Um, so, do you want to play the jingle? Brand new yeah. jingle here, guys. Brand new segment. BNJ. Here we go. Three, two, one. <laughs> so new oh, jing some, yeah got some gorillas vibes damon albarn in the house oh thank you yeah you said my voice sounds like damon albarn before which is a massive compliment well yeah and it was more the vibe wrong. than the voice um so. okay <laughs> and you said my arms look like brad pitt do you remember that <laughs> i don't know that that's true See, I got uh, those Brad Pitt arms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so just a couple of things, Nick. That's Brad been missing Pitts. me this week. Pit uh, pits. Is there something there? Couple. Pit pits. I don't know. Okay, never mind. Yeah, could be. So um, the idea of this is that I'll just, I'll um, when I want to do the segment, I'll when I've got like five myths, <laughs> uh, five Mike Smiths, then I'll, I'll, you know, I'll say we're doing a Mike Smiths. Okay, Mike's and just five. so I know. Is my role here just to sit and listen? Yeah, we just, I don't know. I'm hoping like you'd, you'd be like, oh, no, I feel that. Or you're like, mm, no, nah, I've never thought, I've never <laughs> been miffed by that at all. I feel like, <laughs> so it's quite binary then. I feel like I need like a flag where I can hold up the red flag and it's like, nope, I don't feel that at all. And hold up a green flag and that's it. Like, I, I'm not sure how oh, you dynamic. Could just go, you, you could just go, 
Australia? Like, uh, who knows? This is this is okay, trial and we're error. Fine. Okay, sure. As you know, by the way, you can do a Michael's myths as well whenever you want. If you if you got a couple of myths you want to get off your chest, <laughs> okay. Just because my name's in the in on the you know, sure. The screen, it's a franchise. Doesn't mean um, anyone can run a Michael's myth. <laughs> it's just the Michael brand. It's not sure. mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, a couple of things been miffing me this week. Long time. Um, yeah. And they're just small. They're just small. Um, you know what miffs me? <laughs> you know, when... <laughs> you know what I just so I can set up my expectations here. What I'm really hoping for is incredibly specific personal myths, not ones that apply broadly to like people around the world, people outside of yourself. I want you to specifically name names and say <laughs> this person has been uh, saying my name wrong. Like something which is not <laughs> translatable to anyone else. This is what I'm hoping for here. Okay, well maybe I mean, okay, there's a there's a mixed bag of of maybe that. I don't okay. know. But you know what I really really miss me? When someone that you don't know that well messages you out of the blue wanting to chat or or saying, Hey, we haven't talked in a while, how are things? And you have to then you then have to engage in a dialogue with this person that your friends you're friends with them on facebook because you were friends with their girlfriend eight years ago does that ever miff you uh it doesn't really come up for me that much people i'm probably the person that reaches out to people and they're like oh why is why is nick getting into i haven't lived in adelaide in seven years i hate texting i hate texting people Uh, i hate texting you and i love (laughs) texting you um, but, but I, I really hate texting people. I, it came up recently the other day, some guy that I, that actually we both know, but obviously won't say who it is, um, messaged me saying, how are you going? And I ended up having a, a dialogue with this person that lasted a week, a week. And he was asking like intense, like intense, deep questions that I, I can't just, I feel bad when someone messages me, I. When, when I know that I've got messages unread on my phone, I feel like an asshole every day that I'm not responding. But I also don't <laughs> want to respond to them. Who are we okay. talking about? Do you remember... Oh. Well, yeah, he uh, he just... I don't. I have no idea what... And it was like... It was so... It was so like... This... It was, it was so weird. Like, I would say... Like, we were so on different wavelengths. Like, he, I, I mentioned... I mentioned, I think, like, uh, political correctness. In This is how deep we got. I mentioned <laughs> the words political correctness, and he said, oh, yeah, I had to look up what that was, but, uh, yeah, crazy. And I was like, oh, what? Well, I don't, I don't know. What? Yeah, he, he didn't know what political correctness was. He didn't know what that meant. Okay. This is so weird. Yeah. Why are you still friends with him? On Facebook? I didn't think he's going to no, I know. I know. Me. That's what I'm saying. Why are you still friends on Facebook with him? Do you never go through and prune? I do. You know what I do? You know what I do when when people um come up on my hap on on their birthday. <laughs> this sounds hard. Oh yeah. But when well, yeah. I get reminded when it's like uh, this person's birthday, I'm like, you I have no idea who this person is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like, you're you're out on your birthday. Like, yeah. They're losing a friend on their birthday. But yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, Nick. Um, this is something I know you can relate to. Sure. You know, you know when you're having you know sex what? with a woman? 
Um, you know when you have a, a, a small, a tiny pimple, maybe on your neck, maybe on your, um, maybe on your, uh, maybe on your cheek, and it's a tiny, and you, and you just know it's there, but you, you have to, you have to pop it, and then you try to pop it, and, and it, it's not poppable. It doesn't. It's not poppable, and you make it worse, and then the next day, it blows up. Yeah. And just Ugh. it was like it was never it was never anything, but now it's like something. Yes, I do. I do emphasize with, empathize with that. I um I don't tend to get pimples, obviously, but um, I I remember hearing about it from friends, and that sounds terrible. <laughs> Did you ever have acne as a kid? Oh, as a kid, yeah, but that was so long ago. I, yeah, I just sort of lost lost context. Isn't that crazy that you just like have pimples and then you just don't oh i got it fixed laser uh roaccutane actually by the way i've been i just finished this last uh it's gonna sound like a tangent but it's not i just finished the last uh, episode of season two of succession last night oh and um sarah snood googled her went to scotch college a couple of years ahead of you yeah i know i acted in a play with her this is my I, fucking seriously. This is my cool in the, in the yeah, play that you wear. This is my why? No, it's not. That wasn't a play. That was just a performance. No, this was uh, a performance of Carmen, and she was Carmen, and she was fucking good. And everyone's like, "You're a really fucking good actor," and she was really yeah. And then now she's like Hollywood. Famous. She's got something. I claim to she's fame. got something about her. She's got. She's something so fucking about good. Her. Yeah, she's so good, and she's got like. By the way, you can. I don't know if it was me looking her up. And then thinking this, or I could have predicted it before. I mean, I didn't have the thought before, so maybe I couldn't. But once I knew that she was an Adelaide girl, I was like, she looks like an Adelaide girl. <laughs> okay, that doesn't make sense. No, that's silly. Okay, fine. Okay. Uh, what's that but got yeah, to do with she... fucking pimples? Where'd that come from? I was just thinking of you in, in, at, at school. At that age. Okay, sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, I was a, um, I was a is... dirty um, street urchin in the performance of Carmen. <laughs> And we had one song, and I had to hold a broom. It was, yeah, I didn't really like drama. And what was she? She was Carmen. <laughs> she was the name. She was the name of the show. Uh, yeah. She was the lead. Yeah. Um, small myth um, here. Uh, when people go, when uh, excuse people say, me. Excuse me. This has got to be called a mini myth. <laughs> mini myth. <laughs> <laughs> why, why is that so funny? Okay, mini myth, mini myth coming up. <laughs> mini myth. <laughs> I feel like it needs to have a separate jingle. Mini myth, <laughs> mini myth. Um, when people say right at the end of things, so American. You know when they go, I know, right? Well, when they say it with an American accent, it might be because they're American. It's inherently American to me when you say right at the end. It doesn't sound convincing in an Australian accent at all. I know, right? Yeah, I feel like it would be easy for us, or not us, some bored fan to go back through and compile <laughs> hundreds of examples of us doing it in this podcast. I know. Well, that, that's, that's okay. I'm, I'm sorry. I left myself... I'm sorry, Michael, to do this um, in your first segment, but that's a red flag for me. That's a, that is an unsuccessful myth. Um, this one, I weirdly have already brought this up, but uh, ads for erectile dysfunction on Facebook. I get it. 
I hear you. I don't know how you know, but I am sick of it. Yeah, we need to go through your ad settings there and uh, and remove the personalization because obviously that's been pretty carefully targeted to those in need. <laughs> Not just Facebook. <laughs> um, last myth here. This is more specific, but the fact that the fact that I'm three years older than Heath Ledger ever was. Oh, and you're angry about that. I'm angry about that, man. Like he doesn't. Heath Ledger just seems so. Did he die at twenty nine? Twenty eight, I think. Oh my god, I'm four years old. Wow. No, it's either twenty eight or twenty nine. I did the math, but yeah, he died so young. He died before he was thirty. Yeah. Doesn't he right. seem so old to you? He did seem older than me. Yeah. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, okay. That's wild. Well, if you've anyway, enjoyed this Mike's kind myth. of thing, there's... Oh. Sorry, did I fuck it up? Well, if you enjoyed this kind of thing, then there is plenty of excitement back in the feed for your perusal. Head to deepfort.podbean.com for an easy list or just check your podcast player. It's great. While you're there, give it a five-star rating. It really helps, theoretically. Um, and, and then you can send us an email and a question and a comment to deepfort.gmail.com. You can follow us on Facebook. We put up um, posts and, and, and images and uh, jokes and then you can go to Instagram, see some pics of things. I should uh, look if I can find my uh, Year 9 science report, as we promised that last week. Um, the uh, SoundCloud's there for our jingles, including the brand new uh, Mikey Miff. And nope. the Twitter is there as well if you need notifications that there are new episodes. So thanks for jumping on board and uh, following us in all of those places. Um. I got a quick, I got a quick, quick, uh, a quick game, quick, a tiny, quick, awesome. a quick game at the end. Okay, you ready for cool. this? It's not gonna, it's not gonna be. Yep. It's not hard. It's not complicated. It's oh. called. Here's here's my game. It doesn't have a jingle. Haven't spent the time out this mm-hmm. week, but I appreciate that you did on yours. It's called. What's under my desk? <laughs> What's under my desk? It's this simple game here, Michael. I feel like you might have an understanding already, but let me just spell it out for you. Okay. I got something under my desk here. And I think... It sounds like a game Harvey Weinstein used to play with uh, perspective actresses. I'm close the door behind you. Um, I think there it is mildly interesting what's under my desk right now. So I just thought, what's under my desk? Uh, I'm gonna give hey, you will th- you give me clues? I'll give you three I... options. It's a multiple choice. Right. And... You can you can guess, and mm-hmm. I will I will tell you if you're correct, and that's that's how the game will work. It's a one guess wonder. You see whether can you get it right. Can it be more like celebrity heads? And I say, am I an actor? Mm. And you say, no. I think it might no no. Let's just do let's yeah. just do a multiple choice, and you guess one, and and then we'll see if that's what it is. Okay. Okay. All right. So here are. This is like I just realized it's like the Jimmy Fallon what's in your box game. Here yeah. here is what is under my desk. Uh a microwave. A carved wooden bird and an electric toothbrush. Okay. Which 
What is it? Michael, Michael, what's under my desk? So you're moving house. So I feel like it could be a microwave. Mm-hmm. I think that's uh, I think that's something that could be under your desk. Mm-hmm. However, the carved wooden bird was incredibly specific, and I'm kind of leaning towards that. The electric toothbrush, yeah, I think we can all just uh, throw that out with the garbage. I also don't understand electric toothbrushes. I don't understand people who use them. What do you? Uh, okay, it seems weird to me. Why? What's wrong? Well, okay. Too many bristles moving too fast. <laughs> what am no I, one, a car wash? No one should have that level of mechanical device anywhere near your sensitive gums. We haven't evolved to have toothbrushes move that fast. <laughs> um, <laughs> sure. So, okay. So, it's. I'm guessing it's between the, the microwave or the carved wooden bird. Um, I'm going to lock in... The bird. You're going to lock in the bird? I'm going to go with the bird. The bird, bird, bird. Okay. This might be our first ever justification for the visual recording of the podcast. Because this will actually be something that that does deserve to be seen visually. All right. You have locked <laughs> it's in. It's going to be a secret answer. Nick's cock. <laughs> You've locked in carved wooden bird. Yeah, I said wooden carved bird, but yeah. You ready? Right. Wait, what did you say? Wooden carved bird or carved wooden bird? Because those are two very carved different wooden things. Wooden bird. All right. Okay. <laughs> you ready? Ready. He's reaching down. Oh, God. All I can see is a chair moving. <laughs> Whoa, microwave. Okay. That was... What a weird... What a weird multiple choice choice that you included in that. It's respect. Um, okay, so it I'm oh and a carved wooden bird and it's gonna be an electric toothbrush. Oh and a fuck you to me. Okay, 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 okay. Nice, dude. Nice toothbrush. No, another <laughs> fuck you to me. Two fuck yous. Oh, another oh. toothbrush. What a roll. Okay, so I feel like that was um, an unfair multiple choice. Yeah. I, I didn't get the I didn't get D all of the above. No, um, you didn't. But you did correctly guess there was a carved wooden bird underneath my desk. Okay, so why do you have that? Uh, it's beautiful. It adds a little <laughs> bit of zhuzh to a new area. And her name is Mallory. So... I would thank you not to demean my new household purchases. Um, how about instead of a wooden bird, of which, I mean, I haven't seen your room, only from your Skype, uh, your webcam, uh-huh. uh, and I'm already seeing a lot of wood. Mm-hmm. How about a little bit, how about an indoor plant, mate? Like, get some greenery up in this This is my pitch. old house. And that's another, that's another tip. Indoor plants. Get indoor plants. They, they... It's a magical how this is a tip for you you moving in with Casey. I'm sure he's got much better eye for style or whatever than you do. Uh, but indoor plants will zhuzh up a room like you've never believed. Yes, we are going to get some monsteras, I think. Um, the, Wh- why uh, do you have the bird? What's the bird? Tell me, tell me the story behind the bird. 
It's a bird. You just bought you just bought a bird, a garage it's a, it's, sale. It's a wooden bird. Where it's did you nice, buy it? Well, that's when we got the couch. <laughs> you got a free wooden bird with a couch. No, I kind of couch is this. No, no. This, okay. Yeah, we, I bought this. Yeah, this was actually Where? it was in the um, discount bin because it's damaged, and I at felt... what at what store at what store did you buy that in the discount bin? At, at Nude, the furniture store. It had a discount bird, and I felt like it needed a a new life. You know, you you're the one with like this animal fascination, but you don't approve of me having a wooden bird. How? <laughs> That that made sense. Yeah, I see your connection. Um, how much did it cost? It was eighty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> discounted to eighty dollars or discounted? Yeah, from this is discount discounted to eighty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't. No, it was. It wasn't. Yeah, it was. Are you fucking serious? Yeah. What? Yeah, it was. It was from one twenty. Eighty dollars. Uh huh. And what was your intention for this bird? Like, where would you put it in your house? Uh, put it in a cage, I suppose. We'll get a bird cage. <laughs> <laughs> a wooden bird cage. Yeah, yeah. A wooden bird cage for your wooden bird. Yeah. Well, that is genius. Yeah. That and is absolutely genius, Nick. I love your wooden bird. Oh, that's very kind of you. I'm glad you changed your mind so quickly. 